Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today we have guest Helen Bay with us. And she talks about just her life growing up, or well, being born in Korea and then growing up in America. Um, about her time moving to New Jersey right before COVID 19 really blew up and having to plan a wedding, all that throughout the season. And also about a life changing accident that she actually got into several years ago. So it's all very interesting and eye-opening stuff. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast and we have another, yet again, another special guest, uh, Miss Helen Bay. Well, actually, is it Helen Shim now? Soon to be Helen Shim. <laughs> okay, yeah. Soon to be Helen Shim. Um, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Um, it was uh, kind of last minute when we decided to do this, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad uh, we decided to. So Helen and, Helen and I go to the same church, which yes. is weird because she doesn't live in Georgia anymore. That's um, How long has it been since you moved to New Jersey? Um, I moved to New Jersey end of March, mid-March, so it's been... So just as COVID was going crazy. Yep. Yes. But because church has gone virtual for pretty much all churches, it doesn't even feel like you've really left. (laughs) We're doing all the church stuff that that we usually do. Um, So yeah, the the way that we decided to do this was we usually have a 7 a.m prayer meeting every other saturday and this past saturday it was just me and helen because everyone else was uh sleeping um so yeah we were like oh hey your life is very interesting let's talk about your life on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so yeah let's let's just uh, dive in let's go from the beginning and um along the way let's just i'll just ask questions um so beginning from when you were where you were born Mm -hmm. where were you born so I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and yeah, I was raised from Korea and finished my fourth grade there and moved to Georgia, United States in 2002. Well, so you, were, you were actually in Korea a lot longer than I thought you were. Oh, really? Fourth grade, yeah. Yeah, mm. so almost finished elementary school and then mm. came to Georgia. What was the reason? Um, I mean, it's just, uh, I think my parents decided to move first for our education, me and my brother's education, mm. and also to start up a business. Um, so my aunt, um, she lived in U.S. for uh, over 20 years. So she mm. moved um, to Georgia, I think, in 1980s. So yeah, um, she like invited us to come, you know, move to U.S. so that, you know, it's better for us as education. And then also my parents can start um, a small business with her. So mm. yeah, you have an older brother as well, right? Yeah, his name is Peter. He's four years older than me. And so, yeah, it's just me and my brother, two of us. So he was like in the middle of high school when he moved. Is that right? Yeah, so actually he was, um, I think he started freshman. Okay, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. so ninth grade uh, when when we moved. 
So yeah, it was a big transition for him, especially because you know it's really hard to move to a different country, you know, at that you know teen your teenage years, like middle yeah. of your teenage years. So, I mean, but how was the transition for you? Um, I would say, I mean, I just came, like I didn't have any say in it. I I really don't remember honestly. Um, I think it was just one day, like my parents were like, we're moving to America, and I'm like. Okay, cool. Like you know, I was sad because I like I had friends in Korea. Um, like my best friend from you know childhood best friend was you know still in Korea, and yeah. So I was pretty sad, but then I think um, I got really used as soon as we moved. I got really used to you know making new friends, like learning English, because it was a little bit easier for me because I was younger than my brother. So. Um, the whole transition was actually not too bad, or it mm. might be that I just don't remember. <laughs> That's interesting, because back you you guys came straight from Korea to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I came from Korea, I actually went to LA, oh, where okay. there's already kind of a big Korean population. Yeah. So as soon as I got here, I actually had Korean friends at school that were helping oh, me from the get. Okay. Like there were several Korean people, mm-hmm. uh, so that that's what made the transition easier for me because I had people translating for me. But mm-hmm. for you, I can't imagine there being a lot of Korean people around you when you moved here, were there? No, yeah. So, but interestingly, um, so I started fifth grade um, when we moved, mm-hmm. and you know, um, back in the day, I don't know if they still do it in elementary school, but. You would have your own homeroom teacher, and then a classroom will be connected. So, like there, like there's two teachers that will kind of oversee each other's class for your mm. homeroom period. So my, I had Miss Mitchell. I still remember her name because it was like, well, pretty cool English name. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Miss Mitchell, and then there's Miss Crockett, and she was actually Korean, married to oh. uh, Mary. I, I don't know exactly what nationally he is, but anyways, um, but she, like she was born and raised in America, so they didn't really speak Korean that well, but mm-hmm. she really helped me to kind of get things together um, if I don't really understand, because she understood some Korean, so. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, and then, yeah, but I didn't, have, I didn't have that much Korean friends in elementary school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. I started like making friends, Korean friends in middle school, you know. Do you have any memories of like feeling ashamed of being Korean or anything like that? Or feeling awkward because like you ate different things from your friends or anything like that? Um, not because, I, because I'm Korean, but because I didn't speak English well. Mm. So... Um, like even during like I I attended regular classes um, with ES you know ESL classes but um, even during um, regular classes I I kind of like sat in a corner by myself um, and then Miss Mitchell she like gave me different things to work on because I really didn't understand um, the whole classroom like the teachings that they were doing. So, yeah, that kind of made me feel like a little ashamed the fact that I didn't speak the language, you know, fluently. Mm. Yeah. So mm. there was definitely like a barrier 
um, I would say. That's interesting, huh? Wow. So, <laughs> no, because I'm just I. I don't know that many people who was born in Korea and moved here at an early age like you. Yeah. Um, and good, yeah, because most of the people around us they were either just born here, or they recently came from Korea or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just interested to know how similar or how different our experiences were, because mm-hmm. for me, not knowing the language was never really like a, a shame thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, I don't know the language. What are you going to do, right? But the things that I struggled with was, like, looking different. Which is uh-huh. weird because there was plenty of Koreans around me. But because I was only able to hang out with the Korean people around me, I felt like I was lacking something. Um, and I, I thought it was my appearance, you know, mm-hmm. like, because I don't look like those people over there. Like, I can't hang out with them. So that's interesting, which is, yeah, which is really interesting because I was around probably way more Koreans than you were. Yeah. So it's weird that I had that issue, but you didn't. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like from ESL class, um, I think my best friend back then, like during elementary school was um, like mostly Hispanic friends. Like I Mm. had a lot of Hispanic friends. Um, that didn't speak English well, you know. And then I used to like go to their birthday parties, and they will speak Spanish, like you know, <laughs> with their family. And I'll be like, you know, I don't listen anything about Spanish, but <laughs> yeah, like they will like invite me to their house and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Okay, then let's let's moving forward. Um, like you you're saying, relatively the transition was easy. Um, but how was it yeah like just growing up in america like did you see start seeing any stark differences from um what it was like in korea versus america because although i came to america when i was in kindergarten Mm -hmm. i immediately noticed so many differences like um in korea i didn't really get to go outside by myself but in america i don't know why like my mom let me go out to the park right in front of her house all the time and so there were there were things like that were different mm. did you have any differences like that interesting because i was it was for me it was actually the opposite of what you just said huh. so in korea i used to go out so there was a river right in front of our apartment and mm. then i would you know ride my bike and meet with my best friend and we would be outside the whole day you know riding mm. the bikes and hanging out in the playground and um yeah, just, you know, and then when the sun goes down, then I'll come home and eat dinner hmm. and stuff like that. But um, here, I think I had less freedom of like doing outdoor activities. First, probably because you need a car to go anywhere and everywhere mm, in U.S. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I just didn't really have friends to like go out and play with when we yeah. like first moved so yeah. um but um i i lived with my cousin um and yeah so we moved around the same time and i like hung out with her most of the time you know but i'm losing what you asked I, no no, no. <laughs> so just um in general kind of the differences um did you notice any differences of growing up in America versus growing up in Korea? Yeah, definitely. It was very different. Um, 
just just the how you play like you know the things that you have access to mm. and even just you know not having friends around um mm. yeah you know in, in korea in our apartment you your friends live like the next door you know next like apartment building within the same neighborhood but because right. i was living um at a house like a, my family lived with my aunt and she owned a house so mm. you can't really make you know neighborhood friends i guess yeah so very and, different and just for context for people who don't know in korea when we say apartment building it's literally like a tower um like some go like my brother in korea lives on like the 30th floor in his apartment building um so yeah. some get really tall um it's not like the apartment complexes that we have here where it's like at most like three or four stories very spread wide it's literally a, a tower that goes straight up so there's i don't average let's say there was 30 floors and three units per floor then that means there's potentially 90 families living in a single like building right so it's it's a lot easier to have friends like really close by because yeah. it's just super dense like that yeah hmm that's interesting so then like did you like growing up in america did you ever feel like you wanted to go back to korea um not just because like oh i miss my friends but just in terms of the lifestyle um actually that's a good question never really thought about that hmm. but that tells me that i've never really wanted to because i've never thought about it that's yeah. interesting because the reason I ask is because when I moved from LA to Georgia, uh-huh. for like the first two years, every single day was like, man, I, I need to get out of here. I've, I wanted to move back to LA so badly. Mm. And it was mostly just because of lifestyle. Um, and my, the, I li- definitely lived in a much bigger house in Georgia, mm-hmm. but we were like 10 minute drive away from the beach. Uh, maybe even five minutes and like things were close enough that we were able to like bike to the grocery store rent a movie come home and things like that yeah so i hmm, that's interesting that you didn't really feel that way i think it may be also because um all the good memories that i have from korea is not that yeah it's very it's like i live more of my life in mm. U.S. now than in, in mm. Korea, so that may be also another reason. Um, yeah, maybe, and then I also felt like what I had, um, you know, after moving here, I think, like, you know, as you, I think when you get to middle school and high school, that's when you really um, make your friends, you know, mm. that, and, you know, I think, like my the beginning of my teenage teenage years i started in here so i mm. didn't really felt like the need for you know, wanting to go back to korea i think hmm. yeah so so if you i mean you're about do you, are you guys officially married yet like certificate wise or no happening like, in october okay. okay so you're you're soon to be married so yes. if you were to imagine yourself as a mother would you be okay with putting your child kind of through the similar transition um you know live until they're in fourth grade in one place and then move to a totally different place um, for them to like learn how to restart their life oh yeah definitely 
Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to that kind of aspect, I mean, granted, like I, you know, there are a lot of things that, um, like you know, language barriers, and I still feel like there's somewhat of a language barrier that I have. Like Korean is, mm-hmm. even though I live most of my life in U.S. now, um, Korean is, I'm I'm more comfortable in mm-hmm. speaking in Korean than English, and. But then I think there is so much value in being able to speak both languages fluently. Mm. Um, mm. And if I have a chance to do that for my kid, I would love to do that. Um, so, yeah. and I think um, elementary school. So my cousin moved here when she was in third grade. I moved here when I was in fifth grade, right? And mm. then I think at our at at that age, it's really perfect for you to learn. Both languages, um, mm. very well. Mm. Yeah, like I, my brother still has a hard time, you know, with English. Mm-hmm. He's fluent, but then um, he still has a strong Korean accent and things like that. But when you are at a when you come um, you know, at a younger age, it's it's better, I would say. Yeah, you know, and I want to say kindergarten, which is when I moved here. That's too early because I I didn't learn enough of the Korean language right. to be like really fluent in Korean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet it's it's interesting because you actually pray in Korean still, right? Yeah. Like, and that, <laughs> that yeah, I always thought that was interesting. Oh, but that makes sense because it's it's more comfortable and you feel like you can express yourself better yeah. in that language. Yeah. Yeah, this year I started to like practice praying in, in English, but I still mm-hmm. feel like. There are certain words and things that I, I have to say in Korean to express, you know, yeah. my prayers. So yeah, no, I totally agree. When I pray in front of my parents, like when we we're about to eat dinner, and my parents were like, "David, you pray," although they don't speak English, I still just pray in English because yeah. I, I feel like I can't pray in Korean. So I <laughs> totally feel you. Oh, so that's that's interesting. So you feel like um, instilling like. Fluent languages in your children—that's that's a big factor for you. Yeah. Mm. So, um, like you know, me and Justin, when we have kids, right? I, I we decided that I'm gonna speak only Korean, and he's mm. gonna speak only English. So at at a young age, they'll be able to, they have exposure to both languages, and mm. yeah. So yeah. that's that's good. That's what I want. We want to do. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, with Aisley, me and Shirley, we speak both languages to her. Yeah. Like we'll speak Korean sometimes, English sometimes. And my mom watches her every morning and she only speaks Korean. Yeah. So, but it's interesting because it's like she's, you can tell she's picking up from both languages. Mm-hmm. Like certain words and certain things. So, yeah. I think it's a good plan. Yeah. So, I mean, what, partic- what in particular do you think being bilingual is advantageous? Um, well, family perspective, I think, because my, you know, just communication with elders mm-hmm. and including your parents. Um, like for me, um, I'm able to connect with Justin's parents very well. And one big, big, big aspect is because I speak Korean fluently. Even though they know how to speak English very well, they're very fluent. Mm. Um, they still speak Korean to me, 
and there is I think there is a d- deeper level of communication that can be done because um, Korean is their native language as well yeah so when it comes to connecting with others um, I think that's very good and also it's just it's a really good skill like you know on your resume as well like oh you know you can speak two languages you know mm. it makes you you know intel- more intelligent I would say and also you know another skills that you can um, you know express I guess you know in your yeah. resume <laughs> so you know like being close to one's family um, being knowing how to well, like communicate well with like your elders and things like that that's a very kind of Korean culture mindset right yeah like um, prioritizing family how much how much do you think you'll try to preserve Korean culture for your children I would say a lot hmm. um, yeah I mean I think there's so much value that I mean there are a lot of flaws in Korean culture definitely um, mm-hmm. but there are all there's also good things that you could take away um, from Korean culture and I think one is um, definitely family oriented um, mm. and respect respecting elders mm. I mean you know some people might say like you know but then that's kind of the, also the flaw of Korean culture because you end up you know you feel like you have to obey listening to elders all the time and you know but yeah. I think um, as you get older, there's also wisdom in that, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Learning things from the elders and taking it of what, taking things that's only necessary. So mm. um, for my kids, I would love to instill that um, a lot of Korean cultures in them. Because um, I think by blood, we are also Korean and American. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting one because... That's something that Shirley, are, Shirley and I are navigating right now. Mm-hmm. And there, sometimes we actually have disagreements. Uh. So one of the things, I actually talk about this on the podcast a lot, is kind of like this young nunat culture um, of kind of having like, it's almost like a hierarchy system, right? Based on like how, like based on how others are like older than you or younger than you. Uh, but Shirley doesn't really care for that as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, like, I want AZ to grow up calling, like, older people young, or, I guess, oppa or anni. Mm-hmm. But for Shirley, she's like, well, I don't really care if she does or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Those, yeah, because I, like, I think that's part of, like, the whole respect thing. Right. With, within the Korean culture that I think is really important. Yeah. And Shirley definitely agrees with that. She just doesn't agree with the platform. Which is the whole uh, young Unni thing. Right? Yeah. I see what Shirley's saying. Yeah, I get what Shirley's saying, though. Um, I mean, re- respect comes in many different forms, and it doesn't have to be only on the labels or, you know, mm. Oppa, like, you know, Unni. So, yeah, I think. Like, for example, like, um, Justin, like, he, my brother, Peter, like, he's older than my, older than Justin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he still calls my brother Peter, but um, there is also like sense of respect when he talks to him. So mm. yeah, so I think it goes both ways. Like, 
you know, always, you don't, you know, and then you could call somebody like Hyung or like Opa, but then show disrespect. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting thing that we, we have to navigate. Like, for example, if your child turned like 25, or let's say your child turned 30 and they were still living with you, like, would you be okay with that? Because <sighs> our parents definitely would be okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the whole, like, straight old school Koreans, like, they don't want to let you leave the house until yeah. you get married. Yeah, right? exactly. But for us, like, would we be able to do that? <laughs> uh, personally, I don't think I would like that. <laughs> Once you're, like, graduate from college, you, you go out and you live your life. Like, yeah. yeah, become an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, like, the generation that comes after us, like, our kids, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of culture they grow in. Because for us, the second generation Korean Americans, oh, I guess we're more 1.5, right? Yeah, but, I think we're like, really 1.5 yeah. in between. But <laughs> we have kind of a separate culture that's not really Korean, that's not really American, but it's kind of a interesting hybrid of the two that that we kind of live in yeah definitely so it's i think going to be interesting to see what our kids develop because of the way that we selectively choose from that culture what to pass down yeah definitely Hmm. hopefully we'll pass on only good ones (laughs) yeah for sure yeah hopefully (laughs) let's hope that that's happening that's what happens. All right, it's, it's, sorry, we, we kind of got sidetracked, but yeah, let's let's get into kind of like um, your schooling life, um, sure. where you went to university and like what you ended up studying. Yeah, so I went to University of Georgia. Go dogs! I know you. You went to Tech. Boo. Tech. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to University of Georgia for my undergrad and also for my graduate school. Um, for my undergrad, I studied um, nutrition science, and um, for my grad school, I did I studied pharmaceutical sciences. Hmm. So, yeah. But when I was in undergrad, I wanted to go to go to pharmacy school, like PharmD, mm-hmm. um, become a pharmacist. But then. Um, during that transition into grad school, kind of switched and just studied pharmaceutical science in more research. Hmm. So, I mean, what, why did you want to do that? What was the motivating factor? Um, well, to be honest, I went to UGA and decided to pursue pharmacy because my mom told me to. Yeah, so, you know, I was kind of like, you know, that daughter, wanted to be the perfect daughter where I wanted to obey my parents' wishes and become a great pharmacist Mm. and all that. But then um, as I shadowed a couple pharmacists and really got to see what day-to-day life would be like as a pharmacist, Mm. I mean, granted, like, there are a lot of people that do great, um, you know, they're great pharmacists they they still work but 
personally for me it i just feel, felt like it wasn't for me um i didn't really want to mm. work at one place where i have to really face um, patient or like customers and and like i i'm i'm really not i can be extra social if i need to be but i i i rather stay in one place just by myself do my own work kind of thing so yeah, yeah that led me to research um yeah the beauty of research is that you just do your own thing and no one really bothers you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then that led me to pharmaceutical sciences mm. so i want to ask you about what so what exactly are you researching like so you are working right now as a what's your title scientist yeah so you're actually doing what you studied right yes yeah so what does that entail um okay so if you look at it um i'm gonna try to see if i can explain this um (laughs) i'm not good at talking but so there's um when when you go to pharmacy school there's a route where you become pharmacist right Mm -hmm. um and then there's also a research area where um, you will study how drugs are made. Mm. Um, what are the active ingredients that, that will be therapeutic um, to patients, right? And then also there's aspect of testing those drugs um, at a scientific level to make sure that they are safe and um, qualify them to be um, to be like sold in the market for patients. So um, within that realm of research, that's what mainly I do at work and also what I studied. So mm. when I was in grad school, I studied mainly on over-the-counter drugs and how, um, you know, how over-the-counter drugs are developed because they go through different route of um, prescription drugs. Mm. And then also... Um, kind of learning the regulatory sciences aspect of what is needed for the, any type of drugs to be marketed um, and provided to the patients. Hmm. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that led me to this job where um, I will support, support a lot of um, other products. I think I can say this. I don't think this is confidential stuff. But yeah, I support a lot of um, vaccines and inhalers at my current mm. company. And then so we study um, and I support like how those products can be marketed um, through analytical testings, like the chemistry aspect, the manufacturing aspect, and then what controls are needed for us to really ensure that the drugs that we are making are you know therapeutic as well as safe for the patients and ensure mm. their quality quality of the does, drug does your is your company dabbling in a covid vaccine right now so we actually um our company bought different small companies to work mm-hmm. on vaccines for covid drugs oh interesting right. wow so um, I think we were late in the game, honestly. Um, I think there are a lot of big other big companies that are um, more on the phase three trial and phase mm-hmm. two trials. Um, but I think we're only at a, a beginning stages of, you know, in the development of the COVID vaccines. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I, 
hearing your description of what you do, um, it reminded me. If there's anyone out there who wants to learn more about that, um, the When I Grow Up podcast actually had a research pharmacist on. Oh, really? Um, and she, like, yeah, she, like, dives really deep into, like, what she studied, how she got into what she does and stuff. So go check that out. A um, little plug for our friends over at the When I Grow Up podcast. Yeah. But um, one thing I've realized I really wanted to talk to you about, Helen, yeah. and I, I just thought of this, is um, your love story with Justin. Because <laughs> I think I, like, the beginning was kind of crazy how, how like it started right yeah um and kind of the obstacles that you guys faced but uh, we all know it's a happy ending because you guys uh are about to be married mm-hmm. um but do you want can we start talking about that a little bit oh yes i can write a books <laughs> books not just one book books um <laughs> where do i begin i mean how so, did we well, start dating i don't know when did you guys meet like how were you in college at the time yeah so we actually met at the right after like or towards the end of senior year of college undergrad Mm -hmm. so i was about to graduate Mm -hmm. um with my undergraduate degree and um we had mutual friends i guess mutual co-worker for him and the mutual friends for me mm-hmm. and then one day uh, his name is also Justin and <laughs> so <laughs> Justin was like um, do you want to go on you know a little blind date mm-hmm. yeah and then I was like okay sure why not because you know I was single at that time mm-hmm. and then we kind of hit it off from then mm-hmm. but but um, Justin my fiance um, we we knew each other um, since high school because we went to the same high school as well. Oh. Yeah, but we, we didn't really, um, yeah, like we didn't really know each other. We just... Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't you say you didn't really like him in high school? Like you thought he wasn't... No, I actually had a... <laughs> so, okay, a little back... Let's backtrack a little bit. Uh-huh. So Justin, my fiance, he, he was kind of like the all, you know... Uh, the this Asian guy who has who was really good at sports played like mm-hmm. football and was in a you know swim team, so like a lot of girls liked him. So all Asian girls at our school had a crush on him at least some point mm-hmm. in their lives. I would say. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then I was one of them, but he yeah. but Justin didn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> he was he will claim that he knew me and that's like when he fell in love with me but that's mm. total lie <laughs> <laughs> okay so then so you, that's when you guys met as you were about to graduate college yep and you hadn't told your parents about the fact that you were dating him yet right correct mm-hmm. so yeah so i grew up in a family where my parents are very strict so I wasn't able, I wasn't allowed to have boyfriends. Mm. I wasn't allowed to sleep over at friends' house. Yeah, and I had a curfew of like, I don't know, maybe like eight. Like my my mom will start calling me if I'm not home by eight o'clock or mm. something, eight or nine. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all, not just Justin, but all my boyfriends. Like, <laughs> I never told my parents. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, my parents didn't know about Justin um, mm. until something happened. 
That's, so tell us about what happened. Yeah, so a crazy story. Um, Justin and I were,、uh, we were in an accident, actually.、Um, I, think it was, I think it was all of us, actually, you, David, and、yeah. Shirley, with、like、a lot of our church friends. We were going on this bike riding、um, event at night. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Justin and I were、um, walking. To get to that place, we parked somewhere and then we were walking towards that place. And this drunk driver came out of nowhere and hit us both. So, yeah, it was a pretty bad accident.、Um, yeah, I almost, I almost died, I would say.、Um, I mean, it's been a while now that I, you know, so I can't really say it without any kind of, you know. You know, that kind of feel, like traumatic、yeah. kind of feeling, but you know, back in the day, it was really bad.、Um, yeah, so my so we were both,、um, I was under the car. Is this too graphic, by the way? No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and Justin really、um, actually really saved my life because he pulled me,、um, and then、uh, for a little bit, that's why, I, yeah, it. The car, I was under the, under, my, under the car and only my knee was、um, pretty messed up because、mm-hmm. Justin was there to like pull me out. So, yeah, that's, that happened. And that was only like maybe like first month or second month of start, like us started dating.、Mm. So, yeah. And because I was in a hospital and you know, in, the, in the ER, like, You know, you guys had to call my mom, and then that's how that's when she found out about me and Justin. Yeah, so we really started from negative, I would say. Like,、right. yeah, my, my, my mom was not happy at the fact that I was dating this guy who, and then we were in an accident together, so. And、yeah. she, she actually didn't know you were at this event, right? She thought you were somewhere else, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I, I, I used to lie, lie a lot to my parents or my mom because she was just so strict. And you know, when you're in college, like you want to have that kind of freedom. So, yeah, yeah, so I didn't even tell my mom that I was going to this like bike riding event because I knew she was gonna be like, Why are you going there? It's dangerous, blah blah blah.、Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I remember that night vividly because,、so、yeah, like you were saying, me and Shirley were there. It was kind of like a quadruple date, right? There were several、uh, couples, like we were all there hanging out together. Yeah. And even before the event started, like right before it started,、um, I think Justin called Lois.、Mm-hmm. And Lois found out that you, you got hit and you, you were taken to the hospital. So we all like immediately just packed up our bikes and then we like rushed to the hospital. And I remember seeing you, like, you were in one of those, like, your like, head was like, restrained. And, like, there was actually, I, re- I don't know if I imagined this, but I, like, there was like, blood everywhere, right? Was that, did I imagine that? Yeah. That real? The, yeah. I mean, my knee was like, kind of, like, my legs were covered in blood. And then I think I had、um, my, like, yeah, I think my, there was something on my head as well. So it's、yeah. like, So we, we were like freaking out at first because we thought, well, first of all, Lois's reaction was like、I、super、died. dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Like she like fell to the floor crying. So we thought like you were like literally like dead.、Yeah. So 
we rushed to the hospital and like while we were there um like we we noted we realized that um at the hospital it wasn't really life-threatening anymore mm-hmm. um so we relaxed a little bit but yeah i remember your mom coming and justin kind of having to explain what, what happened. had happened yeah but for her for your mom it's like first of all helen wasn't supposed to be here i don't even know who you are you're not supposed to be dating my my daughter so um i know i remember for the longest time you guys um, even when like the relationship started getting really serious you guys weren't really comfortable like displaying that to your to your mom yeah i mean my mom was like at i think um during that time like when i was at the hospital she straight up told me break up with him like you can't date this guy and Mm -hmm. then so I actually did like kind of try to break up with Justin because you know oh, like really? I felt like um, I was doing something really 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 bad to my mom mm. you know first I lied to her and then I got into this accident right even though it's not it's not my fault or it's not Justin's fault at all that this mm. happened um, just the fact that it happened behind my mom's back I felt really guilty. Mm. So um, when and then, so I didn't want to break her heart again by trying to push to date this guy, right? Mm. And but you know, um, and then but then like we just couldn't honestly. And I was, like mm. I tried, and then we at that point, even though it was only a couple months in of our dating relationship, like we were already so in love and. I just I just needed him to be with me. Yeah. So like when you tried to break up with him, was it like Justin saying no, I don't want to break up with you or like would you guys break up and then talk again and then get back together like on and off like that? Or? Well, it wasn't so I think we had that conversation it's like when I was on the hospital bed, I know. Um. <laughs> like and then he I, I don't really recall if he said okay or not, but then he left. Um, but then I still kept in contact with him, right? Mm. Um, mm. So even though I said those things, my actions weren't really <laughs> following right. that, following what I proposed. So, mm. so yeah. So we kept talking, we, and he kept visiting me as well because I was really not in a good shape physically. Mm. Um, and my mom working all the time, you know, she had her own store to take care of. My brother was living in different state. Mm. So he came often, like every day, literally to take care of me. Um, Mm. so yeah, so like I needed him as well. Like I just couldn't break up with him, even though I said that. So the, the, can we talk a little bit about your kind of recovery? Um, like what, so yeah. you, your knee was very, it was like severely injured, right? And you had to go yes. through like therapy. Um, and it was like, it took like years to really recover from, right? Yeah. So from what I recall, um, my left knee, um, so surprisingly i didn't break any bones except that i fractured my hip but my knee when it came to ligaments 
and my ACL and PCL and all the ligaments like I think there's like four ligaments in the front or something I, I don't know I'm not really into uh, I'm not really I'm not an expert on that but a lot of ligaments were torn and then I also had to get donor's meniscus um, mm, so it, I think it's like a little piece that connects um, your bones and then you like need it um, but then it's huh. something if, you, if it's torn or messed up then um, mine was to the point where um, I had to get donor's one um, Interesting. to um, use my knee so yeah so I went through a big surgery on that and then um it took me uh a, exactly a year for me to recover physically um be able to run like, like walk run and do some you know like heavy like squatting and things like that mm -hmm. but i still do have permanent damage where i can't bend my knee all the way so you know like korean style when you like potty squat like i yeah. i can't do that because i have a permanent injury on my knee oh wow and did, I, I remember you had like huge scar at one point like oh yeah on, yeah so like that that was like uh, another thing that you had to like take care of right right so uh my other leg so my left knee is when i where i did uh, my surgery on and then my right leg um um, I think like pretty much all throughout my thigh area, um, mm. I had the tire burn. Mm. So um, I had to recover from. Thankfully, I didn't really need to get any type of skin graft. Um, so that was good. But it left me like a permanent damage where um, I still have a huge scar on my knee. I mean, on my thigh, on my right side. So. Oh, wow. So what what happened to the guy who hit you guys? By the way, <sighs> well, well, um, so actually, surprising. Or I think I heard this from my lawyer or something. But mm. um, his wife is actually a lawyer, so I think we kind of settled on like he had you know definitely he got DUI, and mm. then um, he had to go through his own like you know stuff personally on his end because of the DUI as well as um you know compensating for like what I my my physical well-being yeah so I mean it's not that he like got arrested or like put in jail I don't think that happened um but mm. I I knew he had to go through some type of trials um for his DUI and things like that mm. but honestly during that time, I, I, my priority was just getting healthy. So yeah. um, all of that stuff, like, I really didn't care. Like, I, well, I think it also is part of kind of like a trauma where I didn't really want to see his face. I didn't want to know his information. Um, I just didn't want anything to do with him personally. So yeah. I, yeah, so I really don't know, honestly what really gotcha. happened at the end gotcha wow yeah so your relationship started off with the bang like this <laughs> uh, so how, how long did you guys date before you realized or before you realized oh i want to marry this guy um so 
we dated six years now. You know, if you include that、mm. we're not really, really married like legally. So, yeah,、mm-hmm. we, we dated six years, but I think by like year four, I was like, I am going to marry this guy.、Mm. I mean, I know Justin, like from his perspective, he was already sure. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as we started dating. But、um, for me, like,、um, Justin was really good.、Um, like, I really want to, I was so in love with him and then wanted to pursue this. But then I had to think about a lot of things, one being my mom.、Mm-hmm. So I think that it, it really, Justin really pushed me to think、um, a lot. When it comes to like with like my own relationship with my mom,、mm-hmm. and then that's when I really realized okay, it's not about just marrying Justin, but also mending amending my relationship with my mom, and that he、mm-hmm. kind of taught me how to do that. So that's that's yeah, so I think that was around year four when I felt like, oh, I'm going to marry this guy. Wow, because. Yeah, like Shirley and I, we got married like three years ago. And I remember talking to Justin、um, around that time.、Um, I think even then he was pretty sure that he was, or he wanted to marry you. Oh, yeah.、Uh, um, so, but again, I, I remember the big obstacle being kind of not even just your mom as a person, but revealing, even like revealing the relationship to her. Yeah. Because,、right? like, like you were saying, you didn't want to. Because, like, it's interesting. If we look at your life, even the fact that you went to UGA to study this specific field, it was hugely influenced by your mom,、mm-hmm. right? And you just grew up not really wanting to disappoint her and kind of doing, like, the things that you know, she asked you to do. So, it must have been a huge dilemma for you, right? Yeah. Like, you, you met this guy, you guys went through all this ordeal. And you are now sure that you want to marry him. But then the other part of you is saying, well, then that goes directly against、uh, what my mom told me. And like, if you're having to battle, am I going to marry this guy or disappoint my mother? Yeah, exactly.、Right? So, so how, did, how did the mending of that relationship like, happen? Like, how did that take place?、Um, well, I think it really had to do with、um, their prayer as well.、Um, mm. Honestly, like if I didn't really、um, that, so you know, one day I was just sitting and,、uh, with my mom, like I was helping her、um, at work. Well,、mm. you know, actually in the beginning, so you know, it, I made all these decisions in my life not because my mom was like really scary and like strict on me, where I felt I was scared of her, but because、um, I've seen so many sacrifice, sacrifices that she did for me and my brother, right?、Mm-hmm. And then once you, you know, when you grow up, grow up in that kind of household where you see your parents like constantly working, breaking their back to support your family, like. You like, I felt like I had to be a daughter where I had to like be the perfect one and not to disappoint her, right? So it came out of that kind of guilt and not because like I was scared of her. 
but but um yeah like so one day I was like with my mom and then all of a sudden like I had this courage you know that or like it was just like at that moment something kind of like hit me saying that I need to tell her today or it's never gonna happen like if I lose this time if I lose this moment of not you know and just pass this kind of gut feeling and you know shut my mouth and don't tell her then I'm not gonna be able to marry this guy like Mm -hmm. one day it just happened out of nowhere like and I told her and then she flipped out like it was so bad like I've never seen my mom so angry so heartbroken so like devastated and Mm -hmm. So like it like our conversation would like was going nowhere. It wasn't even conversation. It was just like she yelling at me most of the time, but it was just going nowhere. So my brother actually like had to come. I don't know where he was, but he came, and then he was like he had to kind of be the middle person to stop our conversations and mm. you know be on my side as well as my mom's side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and for yeah a little bit of background my brother always knew that i was dating justin like i always told my brother everything so he was aware of the fact that like i i was dating justin from the beginning yeah i, I remember when you told us that you were like thinking about telling your mom yeah like i remember that era and i remember some of us actually thought that she might already know because there, there were certain things that happened. Like, for example, when you were out on a date with Justin, you actually ran into my mom. Yeah. Randomly. <laughs> and my mom you know, and your mom, they're Super close, close friends. Yeah. So, so we assumed that um, like my mom would tell like, or like just like casually mention it, not knowing that it's, it's a secret. Um, so there were like at me personally, I thought that your mom kind of knew mm-hmm. and that you telling her wouldn't be as a big a deal as you thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but. Like, when I heard that she, like, flipped out, I was like, oh, she really didn't know. Yeah, she had no idea. Yeah. I guess so I was mom, a good liar. So, mom, if you're listening, thank you for not being a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so, like, once that fight happened, yeah. how did you, I mean, it, it's sounding, maybe, maybe you're going to get into it, but it's sounding like your brother was a lot of help, but how did that turn into the relationship that it is now where... Your mom very much loves Justin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that transformation take place? So I think um, definitely um, she realized a lot of things. Because, you know, I was always that daughter. never really disappointed my mom. But for mm-hmm. me to actually bring this up and really pursuing, like, this is what I want in my life. This is the guy that I want to marry. Um I think she it it kind of she she kind of realized how important this is, um, mm. but that didn't really come from the beginning. Definitely, it took I would say um, yeah for for a long time that she was always in um, in in rejection mode. Like whenever like I started like talking about like. Justin or like our relationship then she didn't really want to hear it in the beginning 
Mm. But um, I still try to have that conversation, whether she liked it or not. Because mm. um, if we don't talk about it, then it's never going to go anywhere. You know, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. So, and then, um, uh, and then a big part of it also, as I mentioned, was um, their prayer. Um, mm. I remember vividly because I, I was living in Athens. You know, even during that time, after I graduated, I still had lease left, and then I was doing internships and things like that. So I lived in Athens, and every day when I was going on campus um, for my research and things like that, I would pray to God, but <clears throat> not to. Uh, and then my prayers were not to change my mom's heart, but God, let Your will be done, right? Wow. If this person is um, is meant to, like you know if this person you gave me is for us to really continue our lives together as a married couple then let your will be done and if it's not then I'm okay with that too because that's part of your will right so my prayer in that I think um, God really answered my prayer in a sense and it was another confirmation that you know we are really meant to be married <clears throat> so yeah um i think as i prayed those prayers um my mom's heart started to change and also she's a really hard believer as well um she's a christian yeah. and then she she went through a lot of stuff in her life as well so she always had god um as his as her guidance and as she also prayed for me and um justin like you know this whole situation i think god really opened her hearts to be um open towards us mm. so i can't really pinpoint what really happened but i think it's just really by grace of god um that yeah this fell into places like it yeah. was just yeah it felt like a big puzzle that kind of came together i would say yeah, it sounds like the way that you kind of got through to her was through a lot of prayer, first of all, and also through a lot of, I guess, uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Um, you making sure that even though you weren't super comfortable, like you didn't want to have those conversations, but you made sure that, that you had them to, to make progress, right? Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was difficult, but um, as, we, as I tried to do that, though, um, all the things that I was holding against her, like mm. not being able to have that kind of freedom where other, or like when my friends have, like what my friends have, like just so you know, everyday life, what a normal college kids would have, or um, always, you know, going to our store to help help mom with work during weekends, you know and all the things i felt like my part of my life was kind of raw because of this whole mm. our family situation mm. but then um that part like all the grudges that i was i held against my mom like through these converse uncomfortable conversations i was able to see her perspective and really learn what kind of person she is not just my mom mm. but then what kind of woman she is what kind of woman of god she is and yeah so 
a lot of things came out of that, I would say. Wow. I remember, I think Shirley told me that when you guys hung out in high school, sometimes like, your mom would call you and then you'll say, I'm hanging out with Shirley. And then your mom would make you give the phone to Shirley yeah. so that Shirley can say, it's actually me. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I can relate with, you know, when you were saying that it wasn't really fear. It was more of um, recognizing all the sacrifices that she made for you, like your parents made for you, and wanting to not disappoint them. I think that's something that a lot of Asian American kids, like second generation kids, can relate with. Yeah. Because we've all kind of seen, um, witnessed sacrifices that our parents have made and, and definitely, yeah, did all that we can not to disappoint them. Mm hmm. So, so all of that happened. Um, I remember that there was one Sunday, we were all in small group together, and you guys said that you were going to go eat lunch with your mom, like you, Justin, and your mom. And that first time, like that, that was, that went well, right? But going into that kind of first, intro, like officially introducing your boyfriend to your mom, how was that? <laughs> it was so nerve-wracking, honestly. Because uh, like we said, like, we started from like negative, right? And then yeah. like after I told my mom that she was kind of... So there was a period where um, she was like, okay, like I'll try to get to know him, right? Um, I understand where you're coming from. And then I think that like, she was like, it's fair for me to like take some time to get to know him and really, um, you know, really get to know him as a person as well. So that's when like that whole meeting with like my mom and also my dad was um, uh, in, um, you know, he so my dad is in Korea and he came to US because my brother was getting married. Mm. So this was kind of like a one time where like our family was really in one place. Mm -hmm. So like, so yeah, well, that was really like, I was super nervous. I think Justin was nervous too. Sure. But at the fact that she said okay to meeting him and eating lunch with him, she already like opened up. Mm. If she didn't, she if she had a little bit of like, oh, like I, I, I still want to reject this, um, she wouldn't yeah. have said yes. But because she said yes, um, we already kind of knew that she's already opening. She's already opened up. Um, mm. Yeah, but then the conversations, well, you know, went really well. Um, I don't really remember what we talked about, though. It was just mm -hmm. mainly, like, about, like, his work. Like, what does he do? Like, and, like, just, you know, like, getting kind of, like, oh, oh, like, what your parents do? And, you know, like, the whole yeah. general questions on, on that line. Yeah. So... So did your mom start liking him immediately after that? Or what, did it take some time before she actually started liking him? Oh, like, Im like immediately after that. It was so funny because... <laughs> so that day, like, Justin came to our church, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then we had lunch or whatever, I think. And then we went home. And then, like, I think on the way to home, like, they're in the car, right? She was like... This isn't the Justin that I remember from like five years ago, like from our accident. And mm. I was like, she was like, I, she thought like uh, I was looking at total, like a different person. 
So, and then she was telling me that, like, because she was so blinded at, you know, five years ago when accident happened, she was saying that she was so blinded of, like, all the negative things um, and all the evil things. She, she was really being honest with me, saying, like, she was so blinded by, like, the world's expectation of what a what a great guy is like you know you have to be successful and like make a lot of money to support my daughter and all the things like that right yeah so she said she was so blinded by that and also like a lot of things like her own worldly expectations that when she saw justin back then like she saw a completely different person but then because she let go of a lot of things um you know really like you know as woman of God and I think she grew a lot especially um through the whole season of mm. us trying to mend our relationship as well um as like getting to know Justin um I think she saw that true side of who Justin is at that moment mm. when we had lunch mm. so she she was already like in love with him honestly <laughs> right after that's that. awesome do you, do you think she initially kind of blamed Justin for the accident that happened? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So there's all these already, like, even before meeting the guy, she has this terrible view of him. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's what kind of contributed to just, yeah, all of that. And then when he when she finally met him, getting to know his personality, she that blindness yeah. went away, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a... Good story. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, I think when it comes to me and my mom and our life and our walk, um, I re- we really, I-, I know for sure that Justin was placed in our lives, not just my life, but in just in my mom's life and our life to really fall in love with to fall in love with them more and also to grow our faith through all these trials and you know sufferings that we went through um god really placed justin in our lives so that we could um mend our relationships as well as grow uh grow more in him wow so like that's great yeah so i i like I can't imagine what kind of life I'll be living if Justin wasn't in my life in mm. and also in my mom's life. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Dang. So last question I want to ask sure. is um, you like you alluded to you and Justin, you guys moved to New Jersey late March because of y- your job. Mm-hmm. Um, but how has like the move been and the process of like getting married or about to be getting married and all that how has that changed because of the pandemic (sighs) when is covid gonna be over (laughs) but yeah so as soon as we moved up to new jersey that's when everything went um like the state closed right everywhere and we had to quarantine Ourselves, so like I had the privilege to onboard to my work remotely and transition into 
our apartment, even just you know getting our apartment, buying furnitures for our house. It was, yeah, we we had to like you know find our ways to do that because、mm. IKEA was closed. <laughs> we were staying at a hotel for like two weeks to find a place,、mm. um, and once we moved in, we had to buy furniture, but nothing was open. So it took a while for us to get settled in to New Jersey,、um, and then I had to catch up on like my work stuff because I had you know transitioning to new workplace remotely is、uh, pretty difficult as well because you、yeah. can't really meet everyone. So、mm. yeah, so it's been <laughs> it's been really fun ride I would say fun experience,、mm. but all in all.、Um, Everything went well because it was kind of like our time for us to start our honeymoon phase early,、mm-hmm. and this this COVID really gave us time for us to be together twenty four seven, and、yeah. not not a lot of couples go through that right,、yeah. or even have a chance to spend literally twenty four hours at the same time same place for months. Like、mm. like this, so、um, so yeah, that was good. I would say that I mean there were good and bads, but yeah. But when it came to our wedding ceremony, we definitely had to cancel because COVID rates are going up, and、mm. we didn't want to risk anybody's life.、Mm. Like our wedding isn't worth risking people's life. So yeah, yeah, but.、Um, And then also figuring out all the stuff with the with our vendors, where it was a big headache for us. But、um, we were able to cancel everything well, and then、um, hopefully have our wedding ceremony next year.、Hmm. So have you guys? So when you can't like so for people who don't know what the whole wedding planning process is, you have to reach out to all of these vendors separately. There's separate security deposits that you have to put down for the photographer, for the venue, for the flowers. You know, all all these sort of different things.、Right. So you had to individually go cancel all those things. Were you able to like get money back for a lot of these people? Or not all of it. And I actually、mm-hmm. struggle with that a lot because like it's not our. I mean, it was it wasn't. Yeah. So all the deposits that we pretty much made for with our vendors.、Um, mm-hmm. It was non-refundable,、um, mm. so we had to we couldn't really get our money back on that,、uh, and especially with our venue, well, we put down a lot of money, like half of our wedding、um, mm. already, and then because that was a, a that was a big sum of money that、um, they were actually generous、um, and gave money back, like portions of it.、Oh, yeah, so.、Um, So that so that was good, but generally, like everything per contract, like once you make the deposit, then you you can't get it back. It's like non-refundable. So yeah, we had to really struggle through that. Like, should we still have our wedding? Because we're there is you know it's money that we're just kind of throwing out the window, or、yeah. should we just cancel it and then、um, plan something later? And we kind of decided on that. Money is money. I mean, and then what matters is like us 
getting married, like, or, you know, like ha- starting that marriage life. And it's not the ceremony that matters much. Yeah. So we kind of let go of that. And, and then, yeah. So, yeah, we did get some money back. Not all of it, I yeah. would say. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully COVID goes away um, by next year so that you guys can have, you know, the ceremony that you were planning on having this year. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, I have, yeah, a lot of couples are going pretty much going through the same thing, I bet. It's, yeah. yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Cool. But thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Helen. Yeah, um, no problem. Always. Very, very inspiring, especially the whole, like, struggle and transformation of you and your mom's relationship, um, like, both God working in both of your hearts to, like, yeah, just really bring you guys together. Um, it's it's very it's very inspiring and i think it kind of gives uh, other people who might be going through the same thing an idea of how to how for them how to approach that mm-hmm. you know through a lot of prayer and through you know getting through uncomfortable conversations yeah definitely um, yeah i think that's that's awesome so um anything um that i didn't mention that you wanted to touch on today no i think that was good. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, mine wasn't too boring, or I kept. I felt like I was like, you know, babbling on. No, <laughs> on things, it was great. but yeah. Yeah. no, it was super interesting and really great. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or if you have any feedback, please feel free to reach out at ihthpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, and as always, any feedback for Helen, I will uh, relay onto her as well. Um, you can reach out on Instagram at I hope they hear this or on Twitter at IHTHT podcast. Um, so yeah, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Helen, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, we're way over an hour. Um, so yeah, <laughs> thank you for your time this evening. And okay. I, I uh, yeah, I hope the listeners will yeah, really get value out of your story. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.